0: Break out the board shorts, break out the tank tops, the sandals, or if you call them thongs, which I've always found weird. Uh, get your sunscreen, get your sunglasses, because it is now officially summer, and we have to stay indoors, or we should. But you should still, you should still get all those equipment. Might as well get the feeling right. It's gonna get hot, 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 and this show. It's just getting going. Appreciate you listening. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. I am Jonas Nordman, indoors. I'm not wearing a mask as I speak into this microphone, but I'm the only one who uses it. So luckily, safety first. All right. This is an exciting episode. Um, I did have a fan request for a topic heading into today, but then too much sort of happened, and I got really invested in the tail end of this show, of this episode. Uh, So we'll push that to next week, but that also does bring on the point that if you want to be involved, if you have a question, if you want to talk about something, you want to ask me how I'm doing, it'd be really appreciated. Um, Just shoot me a message at JonasN310 on the gram, slide into the DMs, and shoot me that topic. I mean, heck, I had a Gonzaga fan, I think we all remember a couple weeks ago, uh, Max, friend, and now apparently fan of the show. He said, have I heard much about Gonzaga? No. Have I learned a lot about Kansas basketball? Yes, because that's what we're doing. We are educating. We are also getting to the news or the business. Uh, Believe in Jayhawks basketball program on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And here you go, Max. I've got some Gonzaga news because National College Basketball News is relevant to the Kansas Jayhawks national program competing for national titles. So if something's going to happen with another good team, I'm going to bring it up here. So here you go, Maxie. Just yesterday, as I am recording this on Wednesday, June 24th, big transfer. Andrew Nemhard, who our good friend Jeff Borzello calls the nation's top available transfer, said he was going to Gonzaga. He left Florida. He considered Duke, Memphis, USC, Stanford, and Georgetown. But no, he went to Gonzaga. 6'5 point guard from Canada. An all-freshman selection for the SEC. Averaged 11.2 points per game. 5.6 assists. And three rebounds as a sophomore last year. But he's out of Florida now. He left. He will have to sit out next year. But he is someone that Kansas may see down the road remember KU is playing GU in well three seasons you know assuming that we play back then if the world hasn't burned to a crisp who knows at this point uh but Kansas very well may see Andrew Nemhard, although he's probably expecting to go to the NBA after his one year at Gonzaga but regardless big news as the rich get richer up there in the Pacific Northwest Gonzaga's turned itself into a bit of a transfer university right a lot of transfers. Um, I think of specifically Kyle Wilcher, who transferred from Kentucky, went to Gonzaga, had an excellent couple of years for the Zags. There are schools like that. I think of Iowa State. I think of Gonzaga. I apologize if you can hear that siren in the background. This episode is already off to a hot start. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but Iowa State, obviously has not gotten up to national levels much like Gonzaga has the difference. I would assume it's Mark Few. So there you go. A little zag news, a little national basketball news. Next up on the docket. This whole time I've been like talking about the NBA draft, talking about people who may or may not go, stay or go, in terms of college basketball and early entrance. We do now have a date for the NBA draft as well as early withdrawal for the players who are not seniors who are thinking about going to the NBA early such as Devon Dotson, although we're pretty sure he's gone regardless. This more specifically, I'm thinking Jared Butler, Macy Oteague, Luca Garza um, from other teams, right? Sadiq Bey, although I think he's gone too. So first and foremost, the NBA did decide that they're going to have another deadline for players to declare. The first one was in April. Things have obviously changed. It's a very fluid situation with the Rona. And now there's another deadline for August 17th. Now that the draft has been postponed to October 16th, a little fall draft. That should be fun. Now, the NCAA and the NBA have two different deadline days in terms of declaring or staying in the draft, which I find a little bit confusing. And what's the point? I had it right here. Yes, the NBA set its deadline to withdraw from the draft as October 6th. And my first thought when I saw that, and by the way, that is 10 days from the NBA draft on October 16th, if you didn't put two and two together. Does the NBA know something that we don't in terms of the start of a potential college basketball season? Right, because October would be smack dab in the in the middle of non-con season, non-conference. College basketball starting Right around early November, the Champions Classic is right there, November 3rd through the 5th or so, give or take. So, do they know something that we don't? But the NCAA has also set its own deadline for collegiate players to withdraw. I'm getting all this from Adrian Janowski. Well, it's really an ESPN News Services article, but it's mostly from Moj. Their deadline, and I just had it before I went up to get to the byline, Excuse me, August 3rd, NCAA set its own deadline for collegiate players to withdraw as August 3rd. So read into those two dates as you will. October 6th for the NBA, saying, hey, maybe things are going to change for you guys. You never know what's going to happen. Our deadline will be October 6th, with the draft being October 16th. But the NCAA says, no, 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 we need you back on campus. You're going to play college basketball. We need you back here. At the tail end of the summer, right before the fall, August 3rd. So keep an eye on some of the names I just mentioned. Specifically to Kansas in the Big 12. Macy Oteague, Jared Butler. The two guards for Baylor. Oof, Butler for Baylor. Bit of a tongue twister. All right. Scooting right along here. A couple topics down. A couple more to go. This broke... You know, again, unreal streak of news breaking right after I get off air. I think this was the very next day last week when the headline came through that Bill Self (laughs) threatens a lawsuit against the NCAA for defamation. (laughs) Might have been good to be recording and get a point across for that one. What does it all mean? I don't know. I really don't. I I don't want to talk out of turn here. You know, you you don't want to sound like a fool on air. If you want someone to to come on the show and talk about, well, I think Baylor's pretty good. I think, you know, Oklahoma's pretty good. Kansas is pretty good. This should be a pretty good game. You know, that Devon Dotson guy's really fast. Yudoka Azabuki's huge. I think Kansas is going to win because I'm a homer. This is the show for you. Maybe a little bit more in depth than that, but if you want to talk about the law and defamation and what's happening behind the scenes, I mean, that's my dad, not me. So what does it really mean? What is Bill Self getting at here? Kansas fans love the fact, and I, I did like this as well, as confused as I was, that Bill Self was essentially sticking a middle finger in the air and saying, no, screw you, NCAA. I don't appreciate it. And I would imagine my my first guess, probably my second guess after confusion and scratching of head, was this is going to have to help in recruiting, right? Bill Self will go into a living room of a top recruit, who has had John Calipari and Mike Krzyzewski come through, Scott Drew or whatever, Mark Few. And they said, don't go to Kansas. They're about to get hit by sanctions. Why would you go play for Bill Self when he might not even be there? And I think Bill Self could now walk in and say, Uh, don't listen to Krzyzewski and Roy Williams regardless, but especially in this situation because I've got this potential lawsuit. This is defamation. Everything they're saying is ridiculous. The other side of that, the flip side, the flip of the coin, is that he wants to keep everything subdued and not being able to get public because he just doesn't want that to get out there. And it may, well, it may be damning. It may be incriminating. Maybe bad news. I think it's those one of two ways, right? He's considering a lawsuit for defamation, negligence, and fraud. His attorney, Bill Self's attorney, is requesting the, that the NCAA preserve all materials from Kansas's infractions investigations and all other relevant NCAA information relating to schools' relationships with SHU and apparel companies. Here is the quote. To put it bluntly, the NCAA enforcement staff is attempting to end Mr. Self's long and very successful and illustrious, I added illustrious, coaching career for conduct which all coaches engage in and which the NCAA has known for many years is commonplace and permissible. Scott Thompson wrote, so basically, he's saying that Hey, NCAA, could you back off? This feels like a witch hunt. And I'll leave it there before I talk out of turn. Believe in Jayhawks, a basketball program. Hey, we've got a Gonzaga fan who listens regularly. So if you know any Kansas fans, any Kansas basketball fans who are not tuning in, who are not making their, this their go-to show for all things KU basketball, tell those losers to get on over here and enrich their lives, all right? It's not that hard to find the show. It's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, in Jayhawks. I know there's a lot of wannabe Jayhawks shows out there, including some that are run officially by Kansas basketball, but this is the show for all things KU basketball. We've been running here despite the fact that they canceled March Madness, okay? Step to us. All right, moving on. I have decided to also move on and do the next player in our series of looking back on what was a wonderful year, and we're down to the stars. And today, I believe this is the last player that I'll be doing that will actually be on next year's roster, and this might very well be my favorite player. I'm going to have to get a napkin here for the drool afterwards, and this player may need a restraining order. By the time I'm finished with this segment, (laughs) if you haven't figured it out and if you haven't been listening to the show for ever since we've been on since February, you know that the player I'm talking about is Marcus Garrett. He's got to be one of my favorite players. I don't know about ever. He's got a whole nother year to cement his legacy. But man, I love an intangibles guy. I love versatility. Don't get me wrong. I love a thirty points per game type of player, also, but he's more than scoring, and I'm about to illustrate that. Zero, Marcus Garrett. That's that's just in the media guide. Uh, His the number on his jersey is zero. By the way, I learned. I I believe you're not supposed to say number zero. I learned this the hard way doing public address announcing for Kansas soccer. It was an NCAA tournament game. No big deal. They were playing Georgia. I believe they lost two to nothing, two nil excuse me, something like that, doing the introductions. And I said, number zero, whoever the player was, the operations guy or the, the facility guy said, not a big deal, but zero technically not a number. You're just supposed to say zero Marcus Garrett. So zero Marcus Garrett, 6'5", 195 pounds, former junior, rising senior. Oh, it's his senior year. Out of Dallas, Texas. Mm. The numbers do not always jump off the page, right? But look at the variety and look at how high the different categories are. 9.2 points per game. Okay, he didn't average double digits, but he did also average 4.5 rebounds per game, as well as 4.6 assists per game. That's filling the box score. 44%, 44.2%. In terms of field goal percentage. Bet you didn't know he shot that decently, did you? He didn't score double digits in the last six games of the year, But you know what? Who cares? He led the Big 12 in assists per game. He led the Big 12 in assists to turnover ratio. He was fifth in steals, which I find surprising, actually. But Devon Dotson was first. But he was still top 25 in the Big 12 in field goal percentage. Take that as it, as it is. I thought that was pretty remarkable. I know when it's within a 10-team conference and you're really narrowing it down, to be 23, so top 25, in an entire conference and field goal percentage for a guy who's not known as an offensive force, you know what? I think that's impressive. I said I like versatility. This is the guy who made a tough, clutch layup to seal the game at Texas Tech in the final game and also... Locked up Jemias Ramsey in the final possession in the game at the fieldhouse versus Texas Tech. A little deflection, a little block against a guy who's likely a lottery type talent in the NBA. For me, my favorite game of the season for Marcus Garrett, and really the reason why I feel confident heading into next year, should Marcus Garrett be handling the ball a lot more, was the game at Oklahoma. In Norman. At a school that turns into a bit of a commuter school. Right after the the turn of the year. Turn of the calendar year. Football season. Then turns to basketball in winter. Norman. Pretty empty. But I digress. It was the first game right after the Baylor loss. Devastating, right? Huge game. CBS. Kansas has it handed to them. Pretty darn well. At home. Then they go to Oklahoma against a solid team coached by Lon Kruger. Good players in Christian Doolittle, Brady Manick. No Devon Dotson because he got that hit pointer or he hurt his bottom half against Baylor. So what does Marcus Garrett do? He steps right in as the point guard and he goes for 15, 5, and 5. 15 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. And also just one turnover. While he was also guarding guys like Christian Doolittle and Brady Manic, and B-Enemy, and all the different talented players that Oklahoma has. Mediocre team, didn't really put it together this year. Doesn't mean they don't have singular, solid talent across that roster. Oh, and Kansas won by 14. On the road, no Devon Dotson. Marcus Garrett guards every position, one through four. Point guard through power forward. And you know what? If you have a small enough center, he'll guard him too. Otherwise, look, I am a realist. I know that Marcus Garrett's not gonna guard some big hulking center down low. But he wouldn't mind it. He's got those fast hands. Maybe he'll get a steal. And speaking of steals, he seemed to have a knack for timely steals. I think of the game at TCU. We go into the Wayback Machine again. Ah, you look at the box score. you look at Kansas's season in review. No, oh, they went to TCU. They're in Fort Worth. 14-point win, zero points for Marcus Garrett. Oh, but in the second half, that game was actually 44-40, four-point game for Kansas about midway through. And if you remember correctly, it was Marcus Garrett who then keyed the run that blew that game out. Three steals in that game. About two of them came in a one one to two-minute span that essentially ended that game. All of that led to him. Getting his recognition, don't get me wrong, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, unanimous Big 12 All-Defensive Team, and 2020 Naismith Defensive Player of the Year, which is awesome and well-deserved. Only the third year in existence of that award, so for him to be the third recipient, pretty special. Is he a reliable shooter? No. That's okay. With that being said, He still gets to where he wants off the dribble, right? When Marcus Garrett puts his head down, he's got the handles, he gets to a spot, and he usually puts up a shot around the rim if he wants. He doesn't necessarily always want to do that. He'll still hit the occasional three. He had a career high this year in terms of percentage, 32.7%. On top of that, he had a game where he went six for nine, which is pretty nice, against Oklahoma. That was the game at the Fieldhouse, the return game. So should he develop that three-point shot, which I don't think is necessary, I think he just needs to hit open shots because he will be the player that teams sag off of. And if he's reliable, that's only going to help the team next year even more. I imagine... Excuse me. I imagine that he will certainly start off as the primary ball handler. But if Bryce Thompson... But if Christian Brown prove themselves worthy. I think they could ease a lot of the burden as well as DeWan Harris. We've talked about DeWan Harris is probably the best quote unquote pure point guard on the roster, but he's also not necessarily an outside threat. So I don't know if you can play him and Marcus Garrett alongside each other next year, but that all comes with the development. He is a primary reason why I'm so excited for next year's team. Defense was the calling card of this previous season. I think next year has the potential to be a little bit more up and down, exciting offensively, but they will still have the stalwart. They will still have the linchpin in the middle of that defense. And it is Marcus Garrett, the tip of the spear, if you will. All right. Fun stuff. Here we are. Appreciate you listening. Hopefully uh, Marcus Garrett's ears aren't burning right now. <laughs> you can feel the, the praise coming his way all the way in Lawrence or Dallas, wherever he is right now. Oh, and by the way, his mom had by far the best sound clip. I played it enough after that Baylor game, but the, the one where she goes, that's my boy. Unreal. That was in Waco, close to their Dallas home. Um, I can't wait to watch his senior year. There's a good chance he ends up as my favorite player. Um, not flashy, just an excellent, excellent basketball player. I was trying to think, like, sort of like Travis Relaford, right? When Relaford was finishing off his career, that glue guy. But I don't think Relaford could have the defensive flexibility like Marcus Garrett. And Relaford was a bit more of a flashier athlete. Garrett just gets it done. The short shorts, although he does have glass ankles, something to keep an eye on next year. This has been the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. Jonas Nordman thanking you as always. Hopefully everyone is doing well and staying safe. Keep wearing those masks. Things are not necessarily dipping at all. The only curve I want to see flattened is that belly. (laughs) Unless you're already in great shape, which is cool. And if you're not, everyone's beautiful. Anyways, I will talk with you next week. Hopefully you have a great weekend when it comes around. Uh, We still have the second half of this week to go. (laughs) So, you know, get that going first. But until next week, I wish you a pleasant rest of your day, whatever day you're listening to this. And as always, rock chug.